Welcome to the School Life Podcast. James here with you for this very special series that we are running this year on gifted education, the gifted education series, where we're doing three episodes and featuring a different school in different episodes about their gifted education program. So if you haven't already checked out our previous episodes, I thoroughly recommend you have a listen. Uh, We've got the first episode from Gleason College, the second episode from Emmaus uh, Catholic School, and the third episode, our final episode, is from St. Ignatius, Kirsten Maycock, uh, the wonderful um, system coach for gifted education. I won't say your full title this time around because it just gets too long. And these podcasts have got to be a sustainable length, honestly. (laughs) Thank you for joining us again, (laughs) Kirsten. Uh, Great to have you here. Now, uh, St. Ignatius, you know, has a very, very big focus on on gifted education at the school. Can you tell us a little bit about um, their program and, and what makes it different? Well, these students were just from the high school, but it became clear when they were talking that they also have um, a gifted program in their primary school that we heard a little bit about that had got them on their path to um, where they were now. And I just really loved the way these students talked about uh, collaborating with each other and working together with like-minded students, um, learning things outside their normal classroom that they could then apply to the classroom. Um, Kathy, their teacher, had really showed a lot of passion and thoroughly enjoyed her job so that was really evident too but I just loved hearing the students perspectives on what it's actually like to be a gifted student at school and sometimes it you know it can be quite isolating but they had done so much at Ignatius to bring students together and I think that was really clear. Wonderful. And so we'll hear from them in just a second. But because this is the last episode of the series, thank you very much for for being involved and and bringing all of this to everyone's attention, because this has really been your your driving project to, to get this podcast off the ground and, and get this uh, information out to people and all of these interviews done. If people are out in schools and they hear what's going on, is there a way that they can get in touch with you to talk more about the gifted programs in their schools? Is that something? Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to come out and work with staff and see what we can do together. Um, the, probably the best way is to go to CESA Share on the hub and look up the Gifted Education page mm-hmm. um, and they can find my contact details there and then we can go from there really. Cool, we'll stick a link to the, the CESA hub there on, on the page so people can find you and um, yeah, let's hear from San Ignatius. So Oliver, you're in year 10 at the moment. Can you tell me a little bit about, if we go all the way back to the beginning, like was there a moment when you realized or a teacher made it aware to you or a parent or something like that, that the way in which you were learning was a bit different to the way that other people in your class were learning? So with me, it was kind of weird. I think I hear it from my like my mum and my dad pretty often that they will, because I'm the oldest, it's just me and my younger sister. So they were, you know, first time, the first time having a child, they didn't really know what was average, you know, when you're supposed to start speaking. Sure. Yeah. 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 Learning. But for me, I was like very fast as, as like very young. I was, um, you know, counting, I think like up to really high numbers when I was like really young or I was, and I was starting to read, you know, before I went to school. So that was, I bet that got bragging rights at kindy. <laughs> it must, trust me. I've yeah. been there, I know. I've got three kids, yeah. so I know exactly how that goes. Like I remember, oh, I remember hearing stories at least when I was in like childcare and like preschool, I'd, like read to everyone else. Like I'd get a book and like read to everyone, but they couldn't read the words yet, but I was able to. So that was- Do you remember any of the books that you read to them? What was it? Like, Where's the Green Sheep? That was, you know, oh, my favourite. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, can't, I don't remember anything in particular, but I definitely remember hearing a lot of things growing up about it. Um, so yeah, going into school, it was definitely something I, I was aware of and my parents too. 
when we started like in reception definitely because the teacher would notice oh like you're much ahead of you know where we'd expect you to be so they'd you know tell my parents and then be I remember have a lot, having a lot of meetings with like the principal with my teacher at the time whatever it would be um about how to cater for me and I guess what was that like that experience I don't know it was very in my opinion it was pretty awkward because I was at a just a you know normal parish school before I went to Ignatius, which was in year five. I moved. Yeah, and so yeah, I feel like well, at least for us, we never felt like I was properly you know catered towards at in primary school. And what and, and what did that feel like to say that you didn't feel that you were catered towards? Like what what were you missing? I feel like I definitely was missing the opportunity to be able to kind of keep learning because I guess the other like the teacher would be much more focused on kind of the rest of the class, like making sure they're learning, which is understandable. But then when it would be for me, like they would be unsure of how to kind of properly, um, you know, handle the situation. Like, do they get me reading more advanced things or do they get me helping others or do they, you know, do I just yeah. So for me, I was, I remember being very upset when I was young. Yeah, definitely. It was, I felt, I don't know, like I really didn't like school when I was young a lot because it just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't, I wasn't excited, you know, like other people, like kids when you're young, it's a bit more, you know, fun going to school when there's, you know, less work to do. But for me, it was very, yeah, because there was definitely certain teachers along the way where they really didn't know what to do. Sure. And yeah, so it wasn't a great feeling, but then. Yeah. So when, because what can happen is it can go two ways, can't it? A student can just like really, really just achieve and kind of do everything and just kind of then say, I've got nothing left to do. Or students can actually disengage completely and just go, I can't even be bothered with this. Mm. So sometimes it can look a bit like um, 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 almost failing, not doing well, like they're not up to a standard. Whereabouts did you kind of fit with all that? I think initially I was very open to being extended and, you know, having more work to do. I was like excited but I think quickly I saw myself definitely kind of losing, I guess, hope and losing faith in myself. Like I remember my confidence really like plummeted. Like I felt wow. great. Yeah, yeah. And how old are you at this point? Oh, as like I remember as soon as I was like five, six, seven, I was wow. very, yeah. That's unhappy. crazy to have those kinds of feelings. Yeah, definitely. And when was the first time when you said you had these meetings with the with the principal and the teachers and stuff, when was the first time that something actually changed for you? Like where you actually started to feel, oh, this is this is more for me. I feel much better suited to this. I mean, probably when I moved to Iggy's in year five. Yeah. Um, yeah, I felt really fortunate. Well, obviously moving schools is a big thing. But I felt very fortunate being able to move to another school where I definitely felt more catered towards. And that was like, oh, like a turning point for me where it, instead of like school and being, you know, kind of labeled as gifted or like more intelligent mm -hmm. was a bad thing. It was kind of more like, you know, I was kind of um, accepted for that and kind of catered towards. Gotcha. Because I remember like at my old primary school, it'd be like, Many kids, you know, like I would just be labeled as, oh, you're the smart kid. So we can like go up and ask you everything. And there's a lot of pressure, you know, like to kind of feel like only like what, six, seven years old, having to feel like everyone, you know, you have to know everything because you're labeled as that. So it was very much, yeah, it wasn't a great environment, but definitely when I moved to Ignatius in year five, it was, I felt much better. In year seven, students can be selected to take part in the challenge program, which Ella was asked to be a part of. So um, it's kind of 
a big curriculum that is used in all kinds of things. So there's lessons, like you can take a class or there's certain days and excursions or there's out-of-school co-curriculars, uh, not out-of-school, sorry, after-school co-curriculars and they're all kind of like tied into this whole idea of being able to push yourself further than where you're supposed to be sitting and I've found that's very helpful for like extending my ability and then using that later on in my normal classes like for example we recently had a Bell Shakespeare workshop and what I've learned what I learned there about um, like Shakespeare's writing was something that not everyone learned but then I was able to use that in my assignment we once did a poetry workshop for English and I guess it was really good to be able to share, like we were writing our own poems and sharing them and kind of seeing like what I can actually do because it was more of that like impromptu kind of uh, work. And, and what did you do? Um, I remember we were sitting over by the creek and we ha I had to write a poem about something in my surroundings and I wrote something that was like a story about the creek and one of my friends and I kind of put it together and we all had to read them out loud which I felt I felt was really kind of uh scary for me mm -hmm. because um and at that point I hadn't done a lot of like public speaking or that kind of stuff and uh, I guess I kind of really enjoyed it because I could see where like what everyone was doing and how you know it's different the way our minds work and it's like very good to be able to stretch ourselves and try things that we don't usually try. We had two Olivers joining us for the podcast recording. The Oliver you heard from before was in year 10. The second Oliver is in year seven after being put up a year from year six due to his accelerated learning. And has that, what's that been like for you? Because I know that sometimes, you know, students who do very well, they do get moved up a year ahead of, of, of other people their own age. How do you find that experience? Um, well, I find the work, in, in terms of the work, I find like it's a lot more my level and like my ability, so what I can do, and then um, as well as every, every other person in the year level. And I feel like, I just fit better in when if um other than if I would have been in year six, so I feel like that would have been still too easy or um too not challenging enough for me. Okay, so you when you started here at Saint Ignatius, did you begin doing the this uh, the challenge program when you when you started here? Um, well, I think mostly in mostly in year five is when it started, like the extension. Okay. So I was in ship maths and ship philosophy, and that continued until in year six as well and we did flexible learning in year six and I was in, always in like like the highest English group where we would learn about Shakespeare and stuff which wow. was interesting and then when I got to year seven yeah I, I was in the challenge program and um I did I love the enrichment days because they're really interesting and you get to do like stuff like practical stuff for you Oliver <laughs> this Oliver year 10 Oliver has that like because you've been doing this for a long time this has been this is your fifth year doing this sixth year doing this yeah it's, it's been a while yeah. has, has it been a standout moment for you during this whole time I'm not sure but I definitely would like to bring up at least this year being um able to participate in pre-lit in the pre-lit class with Miss Wills okay I think it was like kind of invitation only kind of to those who are kind of excelling in English so it's basically a class around 20 of us who are all um, really passionate about English and who are all, you know, do generally well in English. So we've been able to like kind of study certain different things, you know, different to the rest of our year level or be able to, you know, do different tasks that can get us ready for a higher level English late, like in year 11, year 12. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely, yeah, we've been able to go on like 
excursions, like um, depending on what we've been doing. So there was like a poet poetry excursion, like the right now. the right now, yeah, to the city, and we got to go into different groups and um, get to spend time with actual like either authors or just people who you know were very good at you know like poetry and writing and everything. And we got to learn from them, like hands on, which was really really interesting. Um, and what else? There's also been like other opportunities. Like we got to go see, like we were studying Animal Farm. So we got to actually go see, you know, I think it was PAC. They put on the, the play and we got to watch that and like, mm-hmm. use that and kind of, you know, reflect on that in our learning. Um, so, yeah, this year has been, I feel like it's been really good, especially now we've kind of, although the challenge program's kind of finished for me, it is other you know in class time where we can be extended still in the senior yeah, years brilliant. Yeah. if you had to give anyone any teachers or any schools advice that they might not know about how to actually successfully work with and to kind of like i guess nurture gifted students something that they might not know and you could give them that advice what would it be oh maybe definitely kind of just listen to what that gifted child or their parents kind of have to say, I guess, like mm. maybe fully make sure you understand what the case is, what the situation is, and then use that information to really help you um, figure out the best path forward instead of kind of just jumping into what you think would be right without actually fully understanding what's going on. Yeah. yeah. How about how about for you, Ella? Would there be a piece of advice that you'd want to give a school or a teacher? Because ultimately, this is what this podcast is aiming to do. It's looking at schools that have really done really good, strong work in gifted programs. And there might be a lot of schools out there going, scratching their heads going, where do we kind of begin? Because we don't really know what the main central issues are that we've really got to like do in order to create a really great program. So I ask you, as someone who's been through a program, you've done it really well as a student, like if you could give one nugget of wisdom to a, uh, to a teacher or a school about the way to best work with gifted students, what would it be? I guess it would kind of be to make sure that the students know that they are the like they are able to, you know, kind of have the opportunity to do this. They, like, I found for myself, I wasn't really sure if I was going to be able to extend myself as much as these programs like do. And I guess if you make sure that students are aware that they will learn differently, or students just know that you know. No matter how difficult it is, as long as you try to extend yourself in these kinds of programs and these activities, then it all becomes a lot easier. Kathy is the teacher who oversees the gifted program at St Ignatius. You know, we've got Oliver doing two languages, which most kids don't do in Year 7. We don't do a lot in Year 7. We're a bit careful in Year 7 because they're settling into a whole new environment. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, as time goes on, particularly as you get into Year 9, and even it'll be Year 8 for you in maths, when he finishes all his maths pathways next year, um, there'll be opportunities to have a mentor and then go on to Stage 1 really early. And we've got kids doing maths now in year nine where they'll be probably doing uni maths in the head start mm. program in year 12 so we we're doing that we've got a compacted science curriculum in year nine this year um who we're doing nine and ten together so they'll be doing physics and stuff in year 10 so we are actually providing within the classroom as well in a in a fairly like structured way because we identify these kids and we put them into the program we make sure we've got the right kids in that. so it's mm-hmm. not just anybody i mean so you are very special because 
they're mentioning the excursions a lot and not just about the engagement and excitement in the classes. Is that something that you see, something that's really evident when um, they're, they're involved in the classes that they're doing? I think the engagement and the excitement comes a lot from the outings that we do. I think that keeps um, like the momentum going. So um, these kids are all involved in different kinds of extension classes. So they might be in year nine and they're doing an accelerated maths class or they might be in year seven and doing two languages. It depends what their PPL, their personalised plan for learning is showing um, because we try and make that a bit more individualised. Um, so they're doing those things and they're getting a lot of um, contentment because they're getting their needs met with the content and the processes maybe in those classrooms and they're moving faster um, at a you know at a faster pace like um, gifted students like to do. But I think by having the uh, enrichment program where we include some other kids that are very good in the subject but not necessarily gifted um, in the subject, uh, I think it creates a sense of excitement and engagement that keeps them going. I think those sorts of things are really nice because they're things that you wouldn't do normally with your class because we don't take a whole year level on an excursion very often um, where they're going to get extension activities maybe at UniSA or, um, you know, a writer's day or, uh, you know, things that um, in the real world, um, space school and places like that where we go, where they get to actually look at how their skills are applied in the real world. So our enrichment um, program and our challenge program is is about critical thinking skills and things like that, but it's also about how we, we apply our skills in the real world, which is a kind of extension. And that's also exciting and fun to do. And um, and that keeps them happy, I think, in a way, because they, they're they just getting that little bit of application of their skills. Whereas the other stuff in the classroom, where they're you know, involved in extension or acceleration, keeps them engaged in a different way. I do have a lot of support with the Director of Teaching and Learning and the um, Prefect of Studies in middle years and we talk together a lot and we work out a lot about what is needed, what is needed for the students and we look at their pathways and where they're going to go. Um, so when they're selecting subjects, uh, I'll be, I, I'm part of that counselling for my PPL students and so on. But we talk a lot and we plan a lot together. So it's not just me trying to work out the pathways of these students. Um, however, as soon as they come in, if we realise that they're a highly gifted student, um, they can be gifted in one particular area and be in the challenge program, um, particularly if their AGAT scores and things are very high and they've got you know records of all of that. But if they're a very highly gifted student, like a couple of the students that you were interviewing today, we will plan a pathway together for those um, students with their parents. So no, it's not all just me. I do have to um, get a lot of help with um, people who are on staff who have the ability to think it through. We do kind of a mentoring thing in maths in the younger years um, for students that have finished maths pathways and they've finished year 10. So um, we we actually get a teacher to work with them, but within the context of their own classroom. So they can be working on their work, but they're still in the classroom and still having that interaction. So I think those things for me 
probably something I've carried from my own experience. Have you had a, a, I was asking the students before about highlights that they'd had in all the time that you've been doing this work um, in terms of like working with accelerated students, with gifted students along the way. Has there ever been a moment for you that made, has made you go, yeah, this is, this is worth it. This is important. This is important work. I think when I run the Ethics Olympiads um, and I work with students in that space and Philosophy Club, they're things I really value because I really think that that work um, is training students to be able to have respectful dialogue and to think deeply. And one of the things that I'm mainly interested in is thinking skills and critical thinking and that's one of the things I'm passionate about and I do a lot of work in that space um, with the students in all different ways um, in you know classroom and outside the classroom and competitions and you know philosophy club all the different things I do um, it's one of the things that really matters so when I see them doing really well in you know even Da Vinci Decathlon or Ethics Olympiads competitions that I'm involved in, I get really excited by that and just feel, you know, that it's really worth it because it's these these are real world kind of um, skills that they need in everyday life and in working life for the future. And so, you know, they're even bigger than perhaps in knowing some of the um, information that, you know, they learn. Um, those skills are going to going to really prepare them for the future. So I get excited by that stuff. Gagney's model, mm -hmm. does that play a part in, in your work, Marge? Um, well, we explain that to the parents usually in at the parent night because it is very much underpinning what we do. I mean, it's very much about um, natural ability that often is influenced by um, our genetic makeup in different areas and then you know our experiences and our um teach the you know the teachers give us and life gives us and parents give us all of that moving us to making that uh those gifts into talents really um so that can be used in the world is it rewarding work doing this well i love it because i'm passionate about it why so I just love working with gifted kids because they're so invigorating and I just feel I speak their language quite often and I really enjoy it. I enjoy the company, I enjoy the way they think and I'm in awe of what they can do, totally in awe of it. Thanks to students Oliver, Oliver and Ella and Gifted Education Coordinator at St Ignatius, Cathy, for having me up at their school and giving us an insight into what gifted education looks like in their school community. If you want to hear the other episodes in the 2024 Gifted Education series or get more information about CESA's new Gifted Education strategy, check out the show notes for this episode. All the links are there. This episode was produced by me, James Meston, for ArchD Radio and Podcasting on behalf of Catholic Education South Australia. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.